Hello, and welcome to another episode of City on a Hill, a podcast about what it means to be a citizen of heaven and a citizen of the United States. We want to encourage Christians to find their tribe in the church and their hope in the kingdom of God, rather than to seek both in the kingdom of man. So with that, let's get to it today. Well, hello, my name is Eric Eastep. And I'm Scott Reevely. And this is the City on a Hill podcast. Welcome back. How you been, Scott? I've been fine. Thank you, Eric. (laughs) Oh, I'm just avoiding the inevitable talking about social media. I feel like every every week on this this podcast i end up telling people that they shouldn't be on social media and and i was given more fodder for that purpose for that end um i saw a couple uh quote unquote pastor rants on uh some twitter posts some twitter tweets and uh, got me a little fired up got me a little frustrated um for a couple reasons one the guy was was ranting and screaming on what is purported to be a, a church stage, uh, which doesn't look at all like a church service to me if you're gonna rant and rave about um, hyper-partisan things. Um, but he also had a massive, just Christian nationalism type bent to him. Um, and that was, the, that was the purpose of the rant, that was the purpose of the, of the way of, of speaking, the way of talking. Um, and that's kind of the wacko side of the uh, well, wacko side of social media, wacko, wacko side of, of the Christian nationalism piece. But it reared its ugly head for me and just my normal intake of, of stuff, um, which got me thinking about Christian nationalism a little bit. Um, and, that, and also, how are other people thinking about the nation? How are other people thinking about how they uh, identify as American or Christian or, or all that stuff? And that's, that's the wacko side, but there's, there's obviously a big spectrum there. You can have the uh, very, very radical, very extreme, um, unreasonable takes, or you can have something that's more subtle, well-intentioned. Um, I, I may, I may think um, incorrectly about the nation, the country, um, but for the for good ends, for for well-meaning ends. Um, so you're you're off of social media now. You're not talking about social media. You're talking about. Christian nationalism. Yes, the social media. Which is going to be our topic for yes, the day. We're not talking about social media again. They got us fired up. but got me fired now, up. And then we, we're going to just sort of clear that slate mm-hmm. and say on Christian nationalism, maybe the social media, just to be clear, like you saw something on social media, fired you up because mm-hmm. the guy was a Christian nationalist and, he, and a wacko one. Mm-hmm. Yes. And now you're telling us that. This, this is why there's two people on this not, podcast. Not everybody that <laughs> is a Christian nationalist is wacko like that guy. Exactly. That's, where, that's what I'm saying. So I'm just trying to catch us all up here. Okay. I really appreciate that, Scott. Good. That's no, great. that's, uh, I, I think that probably helps because, yeah, I saw the same wacko thing and it, I was speechless. You noticed I was speechless during your attempted explanation. It's like, speechless, yeah. It's like, okay, go for it. Yeah. Wh- whatever you want, man. Go ahead, bring that up. But and yeah. I'm not even going to tell you what it was because I don't really. We want don't to give want them you to go airtime. there, man. Yeah. yeah. But it's uh, you know because you're right. There's a wacko piece, but there is also um, I think a more subtle and well-intentioned mm-hmm. uh, affection for country, mm-hmm. and that that is. Uh, you know, and, and there's a spectrum. There, there's a a gradation there from 
uh, full-on wacko Christian nationalism mm-hmm. to this more subtle, well-intentioned Christian nationalism. Mm-hmm. And then when you get over a little farther, you're talking about patriotism, which is, you know, maybe one in the piece with it, but it's over um, on the kind of the other side where you'd, you'd probably say that it's okay for a Christian to be patriotic. Mm. Would you say that? Oh, definitely. Uh, what? Um, how would you distinguish between, say, patriotism and nationalism then? Mm. Both are isms. Yes. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I'll, I'll put nationalism to the side for a moment, but I think nationalism is an ideology where patriotism is not an ideology. Um, and, and, and we can chat about that more. I'm th- by I'm st- ideology, you mean... Belief system? Belief system. I'm, okay. I'm thinking about coises and, and all that stuff. So um, let, let's put that to the side for a moment. I think patriotism is a description of a particular kind of love. Um, I usually go to C.S. Lewis, uh, his book, Four Loves. And if friends, if you've not read that book, you should read that book. It's really helpful. He goes through four, the four different Greek loves described. Uh, shoot, I should have wrote this down. Storge, mm-hmm. um, Phileo, Eros, and Agape. Um, and that first one, Storge, is, is an affection, um, an affectionate love. And he describes um, having, a, having affection for maybe the, the home you grew up in or, or your dog or, or your, the things that are familiar, um, your family. And that's a, that's a Storge, an affectionate love. And he describes the, the biggest thing that you can have an affection for is your country. Um, the thing that's familiar, the thing that um, you're connected to. Um, he's got a, a great little passage just describing um, England, and he says you, you can you can love the tea time, and you can love the the trains with compartments, and the um, the way you see the police officers on the street. And he he's just describing a particular way that a um, particular country is put together, and then describing you can have an affection for that country. Um, he also talks about. Uh, having a particular view of the country's past, um, usually maybe a romantic view, um, but can also encompass the things that are broken about the past. And then also, and then you can also look at the, I think the third thing he brings up is, is the heroes. You have heroes uh, from uh, in the country and, and you have an affection for basically the story um, and just the, the gathering piece. And one of the, the things I really like about that phrase, let me see if I can, or not that phrase, but his description, he talks about um, the desire to defend a country. Um, where is that? Of course, patriot. this is Lewis. Of course, patriotism of this kind is not in the least aggressive. It asks only to be let alone. It becomes militant only to protect what it loves. And and that's a patriotism that's willing to defend. Um, that's That's people um, enlisting in the army in in World War II saying, we're going to defend this place because we have a patriotism, because we have an affection, we have a love um, wrapped up in that this is where we are. This is where we live. This is the place we know and the place we care about. And I I think there's, that's a love described, an affection described. Um, And I think nationalism is, is something more comprehensive than just an affection. Oh, that's interesting. That's, that could be good. I, I'm sorry, but uh, I got distracted by... Uh, Social media? No, by C.S. <laughs> Lewis here. 
And he tells a story uh, about patriotism. He says, I once ventured to say to an old clergyman who was voicing this sort of patriotism, but sir, aren't we told that every people thinks its own men the bravest and its own women the fairest in the world? He replied with total gravity. He could not have been graver if he had been saying the creed at the altar. Yes, but in England it's true. And I just made me, I mean, I just have been laughing about that ever since I read it. But, uh, you know, it betrays a patriotism that, yes, we love our country. We love the people who are with us in it. And um, there, is a, there is a place for that, and it's appropriate. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that we were, were uh, reading this week suggested that patriotism is love for one's own home country or fatherland. Uh, but it does not elevate that country over others. In other words, it's a, um, I don't know whether you want to pick moral superiority or some other kind of, you know, blessing by God or we're favor by God. It's just like, you know, I'm here and I'm all in and that's patriotism. Mm. And I think that's, you know, we would probably say that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, One, I think there's a, when we're talking about affection, generally when we're talking about patriotism, we're going to talk about the country. But I think there can also be an, an affection for the state. Like, I, I love Oregon. I love this place. Um, and it's it's the trees, and it's the it's the people, and it's the um, the rivers and the mountains, and the way everything is, is it just too sitting is your, here. It, too, is your fatherland. Right. I mean, it really yeah. is, yeah. So there, there's state. There's, you, you may have a, a patriotism for your city. Um all those type of things. There's different affections for different uh, layers of society that I that I think are appropriate mm-hmm. and good. And so th- we want to lead with patriotism because we don't want this to f- somehow uh, come off as, "Hey, these guys don't like it here," or they mm-hmm. are anti-American. There is no anti-American sentiment in this at all. Uh, there is. Uh, and there is no anti-patriot um, right. uh, sentiment here at all. In mm-hmm. fact, I mean, it's been a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a very humbling and sobering thing to do a funeral at the National Cemetery here in town mm-hmm. and and see the presentation of the flag to the widow. I mean, it's uh, there's there's a lot that is, um, you know, in in. We're recording this right before Memorial Day. That's also mm-hmm. a holiday where we remember people's sacrifice so that we might have the homeland we do. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there's a lot to to have affection for in uh, our country, in our state. And so we, we just want to make sure that we're off on that foot and not off on a different foot mm-hmm. because yeah. uh, I think it is going to be possible that um, that we might be perceived as wacko in the opposite direction of the guy on social media. Sure. But probably not. Probably not. But I, I think that is worth mentioning because there, there is a, uh, an, an anti-Christian nationalism or anti-patriotism even mm-hmm. that desires to only point out flaws and... To destroy. To destroy. Yeah. Um, to destroy a, a, an affection, to destroy a love for, for a country or a state or whatever, um, and to... To say there, there's only brokenness, just like there's only brokenness everywhere else, and mm-hmm. we're we're no better than anything else. And um, 
I think it's probably just a bad way to talk to your family. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, and that's not where we're at. And right. that's, we right. just want to be clear about that. And, yeah. Uh, cause it, and, but this isn't ultimately really about how to be patriotic. Mm-hmm. There, uh, I did just finish a book about that. Um, it's coming out later this year on how to be a patriotic Ooh, Christian. Peek. I got a sneak peek of it. And, uh, yeah, I may write a blog post on it and put it on uh, Sitting Hill in the blog section. But ah, which anyway. is a good reminder for everyone to follow any of the... There you go. But we got <laughs> we have to build out the blog section first. So right. we'll see. Oh, it'll shoot. come. It'll come. But anyway, we are not going to do patriotism. We're doing nationalism. And um, talking about that... And when you say it's an ideology, you're talking about it as a set of beliefs or a uh, a view of the world, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. That um, that uh, Dr. Koizis, who we interviewed uh, a couple months ago, would say is a competing vision of the world with mm-hmm. the gospel, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, you know he defined well. Nationalism can be defined as a collective identity that's based on a common history. That's probably the simplest definition. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as you say that, you have to say, okay, what kind of common history? And then you fracture into any number of possibilities. Mm-hmm. And, and depending on where you are in the world, it could be any number of things. I mean, it could be language. It could be ethnic identity. It could be skin color. It could be... Um, country of origin, right? Uh, all sorts of um, things. You say religion, uh, definitely religion. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah, I did not say that, but I should have. So there's all these all these things that people share as history that could uh, shape the nation, and the nation is uh, as Dr. Koizis defined it is not necessarily the nation state. Right, and I think it's probably most helpful to our listeners to, to, uh, to to drive that point home a little bit to suggest that it is a nationalist tendency or a nationalist drive that caused Russia to invade Ukraine. Mm. So mm-hmm. it wasn't the nation state boundary. In fact, the nation state boundary got in the way of the nationalism mm-hmm. that said these people are our language, they're our people, we have the common heritage, common history, and they're ours. You know, right. and so that was nationalistic, and uh, that is what we're talking about. So this nationalism, he says, more to the point, con- uh, consciousness of having experienced the same efforts, sacrifices, and achievements is what binds a people together in a nation. They said many observers have noted that a nation is a phenomenon peculiar to the modern age despite a persistent, persistent popular tendency to view it as something almost natural or innate to the human species. And so this, uh, this, and some of it, it has to do with communication. Some of it has to do with our ability to see kind of beyond our little mm-hmm. you know, tribe or community and say, and identify more broadly. So we do have maybe a modern age, you know, shape to mm-hmm. a nation where we share uh, efforts, sacrifices, and achievements. I think that's really mm. important because our interest today is not so much nationalism. If you are interested in nationalism, I want to encourage you to go back to mm-hmm. our uh, interview with Dr. Koizis and our uh, episode that we did yeah. specifically on his chapter on nationalism. But our concern here, and because of your um, social media 
uh, indulgence. Um, our interest here is Christian nationalism. Can I, before we jump to the, yeah. before we add the adjective, okay. um, I just was reminded when we were talking about nationalism, you said it, uh, it gives an alter- alternative story to the gospel. And I just want to point out what that alternative is. Uh, we, the gospel story, and we, we've rehearsed this a bunch, but I think it's worth repeating. The gospel story is, is the redemptive narrative of, cre- of creation, fall, redemption, restoration. Um, we, were, we were created good in relationship with God and people. We fell. We broke that relationship with God. God, in his graciousness and goodness, redeems us and will one day restore all things and, and bring it all back together. That's the, re- that's the redemptive narrative in Scripture. It's, that's the gospel story. Um, the, the redemptive narrative that nationalism gives us um, is, is the start. You start with a free nationhood, a, a people, however defined with that particular nationalism, maybe it's a religious or cultural or language or whatever, but you start as a free nation unencumbered by external or internal forces, um, the fall in the nationalism narrative is oppression or diaspora. Either someone came in uh, and oppressed your identity or scattered you so that you couldn't be a nation anymore. Um, the redemptive piece is is liberation, either rescue mm-hmm. from the oppression or um, regathering. And then that final piece is nationhood re- recovered. And all of uh, the redemptive story that is supposed to give you hope in nationalism is that in replacement of creation, fall, redemption, restoration. And all, and obviously, just the way that's described, all of that is centered around however you define nation, however mm-hmm. you define that particular nationalism you're pursuing. Good. Well, thank you, yeah, for that reminder and for more. Go back mm-hmm. to the episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But um, Christian nationalism, as Eric mentioned, has an adjective in front of it. It is a certain kind. He just said, depending on how you define the nation, and there is a there is a movement, you might say, or at least a brand that is defining the nation in terms of being Christian, mm-hmm. hence Christian nationalism. And so it's the understanding that the efforts, sacrifices, and achievements that bind the nation together are Christian efforts, sacrifices, and achievements. So that, I think, is, when you think of it that way, that's... That, that should flesh out a little bit the distinction between just straight-up nationalism and Christian mm-hmm. nationalism. For one, I think that Christian nationalism relies on the story of a Christian founding to our nation. In other words, that's what makes the effort, sacrifice, and achievements Christian, mm. is that they, they were that way from the beginning— and so that's the history. We said that in nationalism history, uh, that the um, history is the decisive factor. And so this decisive factor of Christian history for Christian nationalism is, is really important. Mm-hmm. And you're going to uh, language of take the nation back or go back mm-hmm. to or something that has the word back in it is a hint that a restore. That, yes, a restore yeah. that there was a history that was better than this. And uh, to the degree that it's God and country, mm-hmm. or to the degree that it's somehow Christian uh, in nature, is an indication that that you're talking about Christian nationalism. So I think that's one thing. 
which in that redemptive narrative is that free nationhood thing, like the original uh, creational piece are these assumptions about the founding mm-hmm. of the nation. Yeah. And it's, and it's interesting. I mean, you think about this and, and the founding of our nation, the Christian founding of our nation. I mean, the, yeah, they, people came over to establish a way of worshiping in the way that they wanted. And Some the, of them. Yeah. Right. I mean, we're thinking, I'm thinking pilgrims. Sure. They came over. I'm, I'm ready to poke holes. <laughs> and they left Christian nations. Mm-hmm. Ta-da! You know they left right. nations that were uh, established in um, with the Christian religion. So mm-hmm. it isn't just as simple as saying, "Oh, we're Christian." They're not. It's like, no, they're Christian, and they're Christian, and they're Christian, and they're all biting one another. And mm-hmm. we need something else than right. this, you know. So, and we we need something. I would argue they they design a system that would mitigate against that the nations killing nations because of differing views of Christianity. They created a system that was um, almost awe-Christian. So, the, the, you're, yeah, you're saying that the establishment of the country or the founding of the country was patently designed so that that didn't happen. Right. That's the way you would argue it. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I, th- I think that is... Uh, yeah, I think that's worth serious consideration, and I hope that um, that people will explore that for sure. I uh, can also. I was just thinking about. Do you want to chat about Western civil, the influence of Western civilization on the founding as well? Because I think that is a, a helpful distinction. Okay. Because um, the the question is always: Was there a Christian founding? Yes or no? And we we get this all the time. Like, it's just it's just a constant um, talking point. And I don't think I don't think we created a Christian nation. I don't think that was the intent. Um, I think there's there's the First Amendment for a purpose. Like we're not going to sta- establish a religion so that people can can worship as they desire to worship. Um, we're going to leave that up to their consciences and and their relationship with God. But what I do think is unique, and we'll probably talk about America being um, exceptional, is that uh, it's I think America is a country. Um, uniquely, uh, uniquely established within the realm of Western civilization, which is Greek philosophy, Roman law, and Christianity. This interwoven piece. Um, I don't. I think if there were no Christianity, there probably wouldn't be an America, because there's the assumptions that are there. Whether it's there are um, broken people, and we need to create a system that slows down process so that broken people can't um, break things even more. Mm-hmm. I think some of those assumptions that are underlying are part of what it, what Western civilization is, which I think is um, imbued with some of the assumptions of Christianity. Um, and I think, I think we see the influences of that in America, but that's something different than saying it's Christian. And I think that that I think we can admit to and point to some, some good pieces there. Some Christian influence. Definitely Christian influence. Um, without it being Christian. Right. So I've just finished your sentence. You said yep, we can yep. point to Christian influence without it being Christian. Right. And I think that's important because there are, when you're saying Western civilization, you're talking enlightenment. Mm-hmm. There is quite a bit of enlightenment um, doctrine, you might say, oh, yeah, built into the founding of our country. And um, 
which is good, you know, m- at least most of it. I mean, some of it doesn't bear doesn't bear Christian fruit, doesn't bear good fruit, maybe. Right. But we're glad it's that way. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I think some of the reason you brought this up. Okay, I'm just guessing. I'm looking behind the veil, and uh, <laughs> and Eric's like, I don't know why I brought this up, but I know why Eric we'll brought see. this up. Yeah, here we go, Eric. I I think you brought this up because one of the one of the reasons that people grab on to Christian nationalism is because they feel like they're they are losing something, mm. uh, and they want to hang on to the the Christian piece when in fact what they're losing is some of the Western civilization piece. Hmm. You know, some of the um, the attack. You know, well, I don't know. You might even say on education or on liberal democracy mm-hmm. and the, the way that the courts are working or not working or leaking or not leaking mm-hmm. and the way that elections are, you know, done. All of those things are perceived to be at some level Christian when in fact those things are Western civilization. Mm-hmm. And so what I do is I like, you know, bristle up about Christianity when in fact that Christianity is going to be fine. But it's the Western Western democracy that is, or, or the Western civilization part of our liberal democracy that is a, um, you might say, under attack or mm-hmm. is eroding. It's the more fragile thing, right? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's a good way to say it. And I think that I think that it's easy. And and I and I I hope this is why you brought it. But I think we've had this conversation a few times uh, uh, outside of the recording that it's easy to confuse those two or conflate those two things mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and get upset about the one and call it the other. Right. And so um, there, are, there is good reason. So, right. so here I am not being maybe a Christian nationalist, but hopefully a patriot, mm-hmm. to, to be concerned for our country with respect to right. the uh, sort of the uh, devolution of the, um, the liberal democracy that we... Mm-hmm. Uh, have flourished under for right. And, you know, it's been a good tool and gift that has been helpful. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's a good point, and I I think also may, maybe I'm always the one in in this show that um, will say it's not this, and and rather than just revert to a binary, it's either X or Y. Um, I'm like, no, nah, actually, there's option Z. Oh, sure. uh, and I I think that's part of it because it's uh, anti-Christian nationalism. No Christian, and the the possible response to that is no Christianity involvement at all. Like, hold up, actually, there is a lot of influence in just the the frameworks and the way we've done things, um, and some of those good, some of those bad. Uh, but I think that's that's probably also the impulse I have is to to point out no, there are nuggets that are beneficial and good um, that have influenced the, the making of this country and the way we've organized it. But we don't need to go all the way to Christian nationalism, and you don't need to reject any influence in its entirety. Right. Well, yeah, there's, there's a lot there. And I think the, you know, part of me wants to go where there's a lot, but we'll, um, uh, I'll step back Stay from in the, the precipice a little bit here. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're talking about um, Christian nationalism. And if we're defined by this, if history is the decisive factor, the Christian founding is a piece, but also then, um, you know, our identification with um, Christianity or other American Christians, you might say, and we define Christianity as in 
This is what nationalism does. Christianity is in and others as other. Then we end up with, and, and we do that based on the adjective, Christian. Mm-hmm. Then we've, we've come to a place where we're uh, establishing or imposing Christian ideals, and it's, a, it's an establishment clause issue at that mm-hmm. point. And so, but that's, that's nationalistic, and it's a Christian nationalism uh, flavor in particular. Right. So, uh, you know, we've, we've danced around this again, and I'm trying to keep us away from the precipice we were at a minute ago. But You lasted uh, 30 seconds. <laughs> no, I'm not going back there. Yeah. Hello, this is Eric jumping in here. Um, we're actually going to make this two parts, uh, two part episodes. So uh, we just cut that there in the middle. We'll stop right there. And that'll be part one of this conversation. If you come back next week, you can listen to part two. And we hope you do that. Uh, we'll jump into the credits here at the end, but uh, we'll come back next week. And I hope you will be there to join the conversation. Thanks. Well, good. If there's any thoughts or questions, or uh, maybe we, we need to clarify some things or dig deeper into things, send us an email. We'd love to uh, to answer those questions or, or work through those or use them for future episodes. You can send us an email at comment at cityonahillpodcast.com. Um, don't forget to subscribe um, on any of the podcast apps you happen to be listening to us on. If you're listening to us on the website, uh, go to a podcast app. Go to Apple Podcasts or, or Google or Spotify or any of those place, places and subscribe so you just get all these things straight to your phone. It'll be a lot easier. Uh, you're, if you find what we're doing helpful, a review goes a long way to give this to other people. And if you want to leave an audio question, you can uh, at www.speakpipe.com slash podcast. And with that all out of the way, we will look forward to the next conversation.